and all sorts of things, and they sit out here for hours hot and sweaty just to put together a 10-minute presentation just to share the love of Jesus with you. Terry, thank you for what you do for the youth and all those. Can we give our youth a hand? We're thankful for all that is being done. We are in a sermon series called God With Us. Everybody say God With Us. This sermon series, thank you so much, is designed to let us know during this season that you are not alone. This season when more suicides come in than any other time, when people look for the love of family and because they do not see the physical presence of a person, oftentimes they become displaced, dejected, and sad because they feel like God has forgotten them. Oftentimes we take for granted that we have friends and we have family, but there are many people who have no, no friends, they have no family, they have no place to go, and sometimes the world can be cold and lonely. And so it is good for us to know that God is with us. Our scripture today is going to come from the book of Matthew, starting at chapter 2. The book of Matthew, chapter 2. We can go ahead and read that. Our media team worked hard. Uh, give our media team a hand. They do a lot to be creative. Go back to that screen, guys, and we'll, we'll start from there so they can see what our sermon topic is for today. It's called A Gift for the Searching. Everybody say A Gift from the ser- for the Searching. We're so gra- grateful to have all of you who, if this is your first time here, welcome home. Welcome to Encounter Church. We're here where we do what? Reach the lost, teach the found, and change the world one life at a time. Our scripture is going to come from the book of Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 1. If you could stand for the reading of the word of our Lord, if you're able to stand. And as always, I love to hear the sound of your voice reading with us, so we'll read together. Ready and read. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, hallelujah, and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. 
Today I want to talk to you about the topic, a gift for the searching. A gift for the searching. You may be seated in the presence of our God. God, speak your servants, listen, help all those who search to find you in Jesus' name. It's so wonderful. Why don't you give yourselves a hand? It's so wonderful to see all of you guys out during our holiday season. As we continue our series, God with us. They shall call his name Emmanuel, being God with us. We are talking about gifts that matter. Last week we talked about lessons from Joseph, but Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. Oftentimes we go through anxiety trying to find out what type of gift we can buy to brighten somebody's day and hope that we don't come back and one day and get re-gifted and they give us the same gift that we gave them. We try to find ways and things to be thoughtful to people to let them know that I am thinking of you and that I care about you and that you matter. And sometimes it's not how expensive the gift is, but how much time and thought that you put into the gift that lets somebody know how much that you really think of them. It says, I took the time to consider you and I picked something that was made just for you. And although many of us may not realize it, but God has done the same thing for us. For in the book of John, we hear John say that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It was a gift that was made just for us. I hear the Bible saying that God looked out and he was looking for somebody who could go to redeem mankind. And I heard the old preacher say he looked for Abraham, but Abraham had his issues and Abraham could not go. And he looked for Isaac and Isaac had his issues and he could not go. He looked for David and David was imperfect and he could not go. He looked for a gift that could satisfy his wrath. And when he looked, he looked at his son and his son said, here am I, send me, I'll go. Aren't you so glad that God made a hand-picked gift for you and that he took his word and formed it, hallelujah, and that the word became flesh and it dwelt among men. That the world has been in many times throughout the ages in dark times. That there are things and tragedies that happen in life that we just can't seem to understand. Yesterday, a tornado lit down in Kentucky and rolled the ground for 200 miles, killing tons of people. Just a few weeks ago, we had a school shooting not too far from us, and we're still praying for our neighbors in the north, and we are Oxford strong. We are praying for them. We look in the world and it's easy if you ever turn on the news to find tons of darkness in the world. And many people have been looking and saying, I wonder, is there any light left? And if you be truthful, we would think that we're the only people who've ever been in that situation. But 2,000 years ago, over two millennia ago, there was a time when there were a people that were in disarray and they were in darkness. So much darkness that around the year 4 B.C., most people don't realize, but Jesus was not born at 0 B.C. Jesus was born around the year 4 B.C. And around the four, year 4 B.C., Jesus is born into a climate that is full 
full of despair. Jesus is born into a climate that's full of political upheaval. Jesus is born into a climate where he doesn't it, he doesn't see the freedom that we see as Americans because his people are under the boot of the mighty hand of Rome, a brutal people, so brutal that even when they dare to look for their freedom, even when rebels decided that they would fight for their freedom because they were upset because they didn't want idols in their temple and that they had brought idols in their temple to desecrate their temple and it was creating all sorts of unrest and Jews began to revolt in Judea that there was a governor of Rome. His name, his name was Varus and he is recorded in the historical book of Josephus. Josephus was a historian of the day and he was a Jew of the day and many people in biblical and theological history depend on Josephus. Josephus actually gives a historical account of the existence of Jesus and when we see Quintilius Josephus what he says is that Varus decided that when the Jews decided to be able to fight for themselves that he crushed the rebellion but he didn't just crush it what Varus did was the people that he took in 4 BC he took 2,000 people and he hung each one of them and crucified 2,000 people and hung them up and down the streets. And the reason he did it was to strike fear and terror in the hearts of the Jews to let them know that if you ever think that you can beat the might of Rome, that this will happen to you. So there is a time of great darkness. There is a time of great fear in Jerusalem at the time. And people are looking and searching for an answer. People are looking for a Messiah. People are looking for a king. People are looking for a military deliverer that will come and they are looking for the one that is called the Messiah. And he has come and he has come in swaddling clothes wrapped and laid in a manger. Now, I know we have our Christmas scenes and I don't want you to throw your nativity scenes away, but I don't know if you knew this, but your nativity scene is not very accurate biblically at all. For we see in this scene the three wise men, and when we see the three wise men who actually, we don't know how many of them there were. It's, it's thought that they would have come uh, from Parthia, which was competition to Rome, or they may have even been Jews that had been in Babylonia and learned astrology from Babylon, but they knew the prophecies of the book of Micah, and when they knew those prophecies, God allowed a star to come in the east, and they saw that star, and it took them time to travel. These weren't poor people. These people took a trip and it took as much as two years to get to Jesus. And as they began to travel through, they decided that they were going to find the Messiah or the coming king. That's why it says in chapter two, verse one, after the birth. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem because Jesus had already been born. And when we see our text this morning, Jesus is as old as two to four years old. That's why Herod wanted to kill all the children that were two years and younger because Jesus was a child. He had grown up and he is living in Bethlehem at the time. And these wise men have come to seek him and they are coming to seek for the king. And I've come to let you know that even in the darkest times, don't fret the dark times because that's when the light can shine the brightest. 
<laughs> Many times when we're going through things in our life and we have medical scares or relational scares or marital scare and we come through the darkness in our life, we feel like well, if I could just run and make things better, sometimes you don't want to run because if it's never dark, you can't enjoy the light. And that I've come to tell you that there is a light and John spoke of this light and the light came into the world and his name is Jesus. And he came in the form of a boy, a baby boy wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. Is there anybody that's walking through a dark time right now that's dealing with sickness or dealing with family issues or dealing with other things that you'd rather not be dealing with? I've come to let you know that if you're searching for life, Jesus is what you are looking for. <laughs> for over our text. Our text brings us into a prophecy that is over 700 years old. The wise men are following a 700-year-old prophecy. This prophecy that determines that Jesus will be the Christ. And not only is this one prophecy that they follow, but there are over 300 prophecies that point to the coming of Jesus Christ. Guys, I want you to put up those prophecies on the screen or the probability. It's a picture of Texas up there. Because I want to let you know something. They'll go through it and they'll find it. But the probability of you finding those things is infinitesimally small. Why? Because Jesus, God wanted to let you know that there was no accident that Jesus was here. I want to read something to you. And this is a study that was done years ago. It was done by Peter Stoner. And Peter Stoner was the chairman of the Department of Mathematics and Astronomy at Pasadena College. And he decided to take a team of his college students and determine if how it probable it would be for Jesus just to actually fulfill one of the pro prophecies that were foretold about him and let alone there are over 300 and they concluded that if Jesus would only satisfy eight and I'm going to read this it said the prospect that anyone would satisfy those eight prophecies was just one and one ten to the seventeenth for those of you who didn't like math I'm going to give it to you a different way and science speaks he describes it like this it says let us try to visualize this chance if one of ten tickets if you mark one of ten tickets and place all of those tickets in a hat and thoroughly stir them and then ask a blindfolded man to draw one, his chance of getting the right ticket is one and ten to the seventeenth. So suppose we, t one and ten, so suppose we take ten silver dollars and lay them face to face across the face of Texas. They would cover the state of Texas two feet deep. And now mark one of those silver dollars two feet deep across the entire span. You see how big Texas is? My wife is from Texas. They don't, they don't have anything. They do everything big in Texas. And if you cover the entire span of Texas two feet deep full of silver dollar coins, and told somebody just to pick a random one and mark one of those silver dollars, that's the chance if he would have reached down and picked one up that just eight of the prophecies about Jesus would be fulfilled. Wow. Just eight. You'd have to fill Texas from end to end, two feet deep full of coins, just to fill eight of the prophecies that were about Jesus. And he fulfilled over 300. God left no doubt that Jesus is king. God left no doubt that Jesus 
is Lord, that a blindfolded man picking through all of those couldn't probably take one of those things up and find the right one. Can you understand the links that Jesus went and God went to get to you, the links that he went to you to prove to you who he is? Religion is not a farce. Jesus is not just a historical figure, but Jesus is the son of the living God. Jesus is the light for all those who are searching. These men have come to seek Jesus. They have traveled many a year. They have traveled far and wide. And they did three things. Even today, we can use the model of these wise men in our worship and our attitude towards God. Because I come to tell you, worship is not just a feeling. Worship is not just the music where we raise our hands. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is, comes from the English word worship, that I live my life in such a way that it glorifies you, that when I'm on my job, how I'm handling my job gives glory to God. When I'm on the phone, how I'm on the phone and the conversations I have is worship. When it's time for offering, I know we don't do offerings here. We do it electronically and in the back. But though, when, I, when I take the time to write out the check or when I take the time to go, the planning center and get on my phone. I don't just do it callously. I do it saying that when I'm giving, I'm giving this to let you know how much you mean to me. They came to Jesus. Somebody said, did I come seeking? Did you come seeking Jesus this morning? Why did you come to church? This morning, what was your motivation for coming? They didn't just take a random trip just to be taking a trip, but they came with a purpose. And I've come to let you know that if you don't come with a purpose, if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. If you come to church and your aim isn't to worship God, I don't care how good the praise team is. I don't care how good the preacher is. You won't find him because the Bible says, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Ask and it shall be given. God doesn't have to prove to you that he is. You have to seek him. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him and he will answer you. He told Amos, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. But you've got to make a step towards God. They came seeking Jesus. But not only did they come seeking Jesus, but they came bearing gifts. Somebody say, did I come bearing gifts? <laughs> and, and gifts are not just those of the monetary type. The gifts are those of your heart. Are you really giving your heart to Jesus? Because I've come to tell you, I don't have to talk to you about your pocketbook because whoever has your heart has your pocketbook. That lady right there has my pocketbook. I put up a fight as much as I can, but she got my heart in some way. She finds her way into it every time. If Jesus has your heart, he has your pocketbook. So I want to ask you, does Jesus have your heart? Because if he has your heart, he has your time to volunteer. When we go feed homeless people, if Jesus has your heart, he has your volunteering. As we get ready to do things in the new year, ask yourself, are you coming bearing gifts? Are you coming into church? And we're, we're broadcasting to people all across the country, but are you coming bearing gifts, looking for something? Are you coming to give something to God? Did you come to church looking for what you could get? Or did you come to worship Jesus and look for what you could give? 
Number three, not only did they come seeking Jesus, not only did they come bearing gifts, but number three, they came to worship him. Somebody say, I come to worship him. And, and they were there and they were, their hearts were postured for, for, for God. Come here, Sire. Can you come here? Come here for me for a second. Sire, I need you. Brother Mark, can you come here? Brother, Brother Dave, can you come here? Uh, Brother Bob, come here for me. Uh, I, I just come here. Uh, this, this, this is what happened. I, I want you to get an idea of what's happening. Come here, Sire. This, this is a little small child. You guys come on down there. That's where y'all, y'all come. Jesus is right here. Y'all, y'all don't come up with Jesus here. And now you see, you see these three men who are rich, these three men who are powerful, and these three men who are influential, look at a small child bow down. And you see three grown men who are full of experience, three grown men who are full of pride, three grown men who are full and worthy themselves of respect and honor because they've been traveling for over a year. They are not broke men. They are wealthy men. But even at that, when they come to this small child, they bow down and they worship him. Why? Because it's not because they're looking at the child. It's because they realize who this child is. And the key to really worship is you've got to realize who Jesus is. Jesus really is. Thank you, baby. I've come to submit to you. You can go ahead, guys, this morning that some people have a hard time with worship. Why do they have a hard time with worship? Because they simply don't realize actually who Jesus is. When you worship and if the worship becomes about you, it becomes a chore. But when you make worship about Jesus, it becomes a joy. Guys, I want you to pull up that screen of the earth. I want you to see something. Pull up that screen because this is a symbolic symbol of the earth. You see those little blue small balls in there? That's how many earths you can fit inside of the sun. The sun is the largest body in our celestial universe, our local universe. And it's because this earth is so big, we have over 7.5 billion. Everybody said billion. Billion with a B people on the earth. There are 7.5 billion people on the earth and it houses all those people. But yet the sun is so much bigger than the earth. This big orb that can hold 7.5 billion people will fit 1.3 million times into the sun. A sun that is so powerful that over 94 million miles away, the sun sits and you can still get sun burned. A sun that's so powerful that if you were just a few inches closer to it and the earth came off of his orbit, life would not be possible because it would be too hot. A sun that is big and powerful and even as big as the sun is, if you look at the big yellow spot, the big yellow spot is a super giant star. Our sun is still not the biggest star in the universe. And if you look at this UI Scooty, which is the biggest known star that we know of, do you see the little unrecognized? dot on the side where it says sun, that's how many suns you can fit in the world's, in the universe's largest star. 7.5 billion people on the earth, 1.3 million earths in the sun, and 3.69 billion suns in that star. Wow. See, they recognized him 
as king of the Jews. But did you realize something? <laughs> Isaiah 45 and 12 says this. Keep that up. I'm going to read it. I just want you to look at that for a visual. Isaiah 45, 12 says, it is I who made the earth and created mankind on it. My hands stretched out the heavens and I marshaled the starry host. What Jesus is saying is I created this. And as big as it is, it's still not big as our hands. Oftentimes we sing that song, he's got the whole world in his hand. And then we put a picture of hands with a globe in it. I've come to tell you that those hands are entirely too small. That God is so large and God is so powerful that those hands, are th that a pinky like this is where the earth would really sit on God's hand. Why am I telling you this? Because they realized that Jesus was the king of the Jews. But I've come to let you know that you can worship when you realize that he's the king of this. He's the king of the universe. <laughs> that even the biggest star in the world that mankind could not stand near, God flung it in the sky and said, let there be. And when you think about the might and the power, the reason sometimes men have a problem worshiping Jesus is because we give them the wrong idea of Jesus. We give them this dude with some long flowing hair. Looks like he has some just for me or something in his hair. And he's got nice manicured man, unmanly hands. And he's got this gaze in his eye. And he looks so gentle. And he looks like this. But that's not the God I serve. I serve the God who took whips and put them together. And he was such a bad man that when he started kicking over tables, people started running. I serve a God who's coming back in the book of Revelations with the name King of Kings and Lord of Lords on his thigh and will destroy his enemies with the power of his word. I serve a king who created this. And when I realize that this is who I'm serving, I don't have a problem bowing my knee and saying, God, I worship you. God, I lift you up that you are higher than I am. If you want your worship life to go deeper and deeper, start focusing not on what God gave you. See, there's a difference between a praise and a worship. Many people praise. You get a house, that's something to praise for. You get a car, you get a, something to praise for. You get a healing, that's something to praise for. But when you realize that the earth is sitting, spinning hundreds of thousands of miles an hour, and you're not falling off, and it's just sitting in the middle of nothing, and God is allowing it to sit there, and you are allowed to sit on it, and you think, about how big and how powerful and how wide it is and if you could go to the Grand Canyon and see how vast the Grand Canyon is and that's nothing to God how dare we sit up and we suck when we have problems in our life because a God that can do all this can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think Psalms 102.25 says, In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. His hands created that. I've come to tell you that you might need a miracle right now. I would trust the hand that made that star and the one that's going to work my miracle because those hands are sure hands of a master builder. And I've come to tell you that if you're dark in a dark place today, I know a light that is brighter than any other light that can light your world and no man could bring darkness into it. As bright as the sun is. 3.69 billion 
sons could fit in this star. <laughs> and the Bible says that at the end, there won't even be a son. Because as powerful as that seems, it says God himself will light the city. How powerful of a God we serve. I'm not going to keep you. I'm going to let you know this, that John said through him all things were made and that without him there was nothing made uh, that was made. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus, I want you to know three things, three types of people. And all of us are one of these three types that are searching for something. And if you came here searching for something, if you came here looking for an answer, I want to give you the answer to the best of the ability that God has given me. given me. So pull up the first slide. We'll read that together. This is one of the people that God has come from. Let's read that together. Ready? Read. For those searching for order in a broken world. Let's read that scripture. To keep this command without spot or blame until the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God blessed and the only ruler, the king of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see to him be honor and glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody out of shout. Just off of that scripture alone. <laughs> For those of you who the world has made you bitter and you fell on hard times. For those of you who might be in a struggling place mentally or psychologically right now. To some of you who feel like you may need to give up and that the world doesn't seem fair. That's because there's sin in the world. But I've come to tell you that even though it seems like chaos, there's somebody still holding the reins. There's still somebody who has the world in control. Nothing happens unless he says so. Hallelujah. Ask Job if you don't believe me. Even when Satan wanted to get at Job, he had to say, have you considered my jo servant Job? He said, of course. But you know, you're playing with me, God. I can't get to him. You got a hedge around him. He has to ask for permission even to get in your business. So if he's in your business, no, God let him in your business. And if God let him in your business, God is only going to let him go so far. Somebody says, how long do I have to live in the trouble that I'm living in? It's only going to go so far. Because God is holding the reins for unto us. A child is born for unto us. A son is given. And the government, the order, shall be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. Hmm. Hallelujah. They brought gold. Many people don't really realize the significance of what the wise men brought to Jesus. But all three things mean something. And gold is indicative of royalty. That the king has arrived. I've come to serve notice on you today that your situation might not snap its fingers and get better. But today is the day that it starts. Step by step. It may not all be good. You may have to fight. You may have to struggle. But if you are trusting God, they that wait upon the Lord, he shall. 
Renew thy strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. I've come to tell you, don't give up. God is on your side. Number two, Jesus is there. Let's pull up number two. We can read that together. We're almost out of here, guys. Let's read it for those who are searching for spiritual renewal and connection. The next thing you can leave that up that they brought past the goal was frankincense. And the reason of frankincense is because frankincense is used. Incense is used in the temple. Incense indicates spirituality, indicates deity. So what they're saying is not only is he king, but he's God. That's his deity. He can heal you on a spiritual level. Let's read that scripture together. The book of Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. It's on the screen. Let's read it. It says, and one time we were too foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of our God appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, shaving the hope of eternal life, that if you're not saved today, you can be, and if you are saved, it's because God has come in his power and his deity, and he has Satisfy the wrath of God on your behalf. Not only does he come for those who are searching for order in a chaotic world, not only does he come for some of you who are searching for spiritual renewal, but let's go to the last one as we prepare to leave today. Number three says what? For those seeking to be understood and feeling alone. Not only did gold represent his royalty. Not only did frankincense represent his deity, but myrrh represented his humanity. They used myrrh spices when Jesus died. Those were the type of spices that they used to anoint bodies after they had died. Each gift had a significance why is it important that I know that he is royalty, but that he is deity, but also I need to know that he's human? You know why? Because have you ever felt like you're alone and nobody understands what you're going through? Come on, come on. Have you ever felt like nobody gets it? Have you ever smiled on the outside while you felt like jumping off a bridge on the inside? I'm just going to be real. Can we be real this morning? Have you ever been smiling, but all of a sudden felt like the weight of the world is on your shoulders? Guys who lead families know this all too well because you have to worry about providing for your family and all these other things and making sure that they don't have to worry about those things. And they're looking to daddy to provide all the time. Daddy's as scared as a church mouse, but daddy can't show he's scared and he doesn't have anywhere to go. The pressure is building up on him and he wants to holler. And sometimes he said he's just like the old song that said, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. 
edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. And sometimes he'll look at him and say, it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. I've come to tell you, it may be a jungle, but God can navigate the course for you. You are not alone. As we read Hebrews 4 and 15, for that mother that feels like she's not a good mom and that you're doing all you can, but it doesn't ever seem to be good enough and you don't feel like you get enough affirmation and enough praise. I don't know who I'm speaking to. You feel like your kids aren't doing what you need them to do and you're blaming it all on yourself and you feel like I'll never be a good mother and I'm feeling like I'm overwhelmed and all the pressures of life and all my kids are acting crazy and I don't know what to do. My, my family's acting crazy and I don't know what to do and nobody seems to understand and I don't want to go to the church people because they got it all together. They got it all. I've come to let you know these church people bleed just like you do. They may look good in good suits, but they got the same things going on in their life. And you will be surprised if you sit down and talk to them. The Bible said that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. If you just be honest with somebody and stop pretending like you got it all together, sometimes your testimony will help somebody else that is going through the same thing. Hebrews 4 and 15, as we close, let's read that together. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but he was one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. You may feel like you don't have a friend in the world. You may feel like there's nobody on your side. There's an old song when I came up in the South. I'm from Mississippi. And my grandmother used to sing this song. She used to play the radio, and I used to hate to listen to the radio all the time because they did the funeral announcements on the radio, and it was just so scary to me as a little kid. But they would always play these songs, and there was always this song, and, the, and I tried to get it out of my head. But now, as I get older, I'm glad that Grandma played the song because the song says, when it rains, it pours. Storm clouds rise and billows roll. But just see Jesus. He'll bring sunshine. I'm so glad that Jesus knows. You might feel like you're all alone. But I guarantee you, be bold enough to say, Lord, I'm weak and I'm hurting. Be bold enough to say, Lord, I'm scared, and I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow holds, because guess what? He knows what it's like to feel the feelings that you're feeling, although he did not sin. He felt those feelings. There's nothing that you're feeling that Jesus had not felt before. You don't have a foreign God that sits way up and does not know what you're going through. That's why prayer is important. Oh, what needless pain. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Now as they play today and the prayer team comes and Brother Dave comes, I just want to let you know God is here for you. What are you searching for? Are you searching for a way out of loneliness? Are you searching for a place to belong? 
Are you searching for peace? Well, I want to introduce you to the Prince of Peace. He's here for you. If you'll search for him. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. Asking it shall be given. For whoever seeks finds. And whoever asks the door is open. And whoever be knocked the, knocks, the door is open. And whoever asks it will be given unto him. God is the best gift that you could ever have. He was hung on Black Friday. We call it Good Friday. We call it Good Friday when our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came in. And he hung for your sins. But one day, he rose again. He's here to resurrect your dead situation. Will you let him? Can we stand? Every head bowed, every eye closed as Brother David gets ready to come. I just want to speak a blessing over you. And if you need prayer today, our prayer team, come on up, guys. You can come for prayer. Brother Bob, can you come on up? God... We give you thanks for what you're speaking to our hearts, and I pray that our hearts be set to hear what you're saying to us, and that you draw and heal how you want to draw and heal, Lord God, that you want to build up how you build up. We give you praise, and we give you thanks. In the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone.